Hey, this is Doug Meisinger with the Vinyl Draft Social Club and Vinyl Draft Radio. And I'm TJ Alds of I-45 Now and Clear Lake Now, coming to you from the historic Kima Visitor Center in the heart of Clear Lake's Tourist Hub. And this is Draft 45. Okay, we are back again. Third time's a charm, right? Yeah. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll jump into this quickly, but as you know, if you've listened to these before, I like to start off asking my uh, co-host here how his weekend was. However, uh, I think I know how his weekend was. It and was I've... great right up until the fourth <laughs> quarter. Uh. Yeah, man, I was, I was kind of watching. You, you were... You were kind of obnoxious leading into that thing. And well, then, and I and I admit I always yeah, am. For te- yeah. for those that don't know, I'm a University of Texas grad and Texas OU week, or as we like to call it, Hate Week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm running every meme that exists oh, that makes yeah. fun of Oklahoma. Uh, I ran out because we were scoring so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the beginning part I actually ran out. I had to go find new ones. But uh, well, that all changed up. It did, and, and and you know you can you can learn something from me because as a Dolphins fan, I'm keeping my mouth shut this year. <laughs> I'm not saying one thing about it. Well, so. yeah, I, but I do I do admit, and I tell everyone this is the one week out of the year that I'm super obnoxious about it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how good our team is or how good Oklahoma is. That's why I'm going to be. No, I get it. And even at the end. Yeah, <laughs> make it fun of the Sooners. And oh, I saw. Yeah, I saw. Well, I was I was a little worried about you, so yeah. I'm glad you're okay. Thanks. Glad you don't really need anything. But yeah. uh, the only downside was then the Aggies beat Alabama later that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the uh, we heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the only downside of that. So, uh, welcome to the third episode yeah. of uh, Draft Forty Five here on uh, the Vinyl Draft Podcast Network, Vinyl Draft Radio, as well as Clear Lake Now. Glad to have everyone along. I'm TJ Alds. I am Doug Meisinger. And uh, and what uh, great to have uh, you watching us here today and also listening to us. But a reminder to you folks that uh, we do record this each and every Monday uh, here at the Historic Schoolhouse Visitor Center uh, in uh, the heart of Kima. Uh, and eventually, at some point, we're going to start allowing a live audience to come in here. So we're really... We're, we're really looking forward to being able to have that here as we kind of build this show out. It would have been nice to spring the live audience on our guest. I think that just, and don't, don't say anything about it. Just, <laughs> just she don't. shows up and there's like 35 people here. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been a thing to do. Uh, and our, our guest, I'll let you handle the intros because y'all have such a rich history. A rich. The, the, the two of you uh, here yeah. to talk about today. So I'll let you well, handle the intros. Okay. Thank you very much. Is uh, We do have a very interesting history and dynamic uh, based I would say on um, you being mean to me and me being a complete delight to you. Uh, she's nodding her head in agreement. So. As evidenced by, it would be great to uh, spring something on her, right? Yeah. Just, uh, you just evidenced everyone that, no, it's just, that no, you no, weren't it, the nice one. No, no. It would have been nice to do that because we know you could roll with the punches. Grace under you pressure. You would rise to the occasion. Right. I'm trying to help you grow as a person. You're welcome. That's it. So... Uh, with that said, uh, we are thrilled to have joining us today the wonderful Amanda McLaughlin with the Bay Area Alliance for Youth and Families. Thank you for joining us today. Thank yeah, you great for day. having me. Thanks for being here today. Uh, before we get, we're going to be talking about medication take back day. But first, for folks that may not be uh, aware of it, tell uh, tell tell our listeners out there and our viewers uh, what the Bay Area Alliance is is all about. 
Well, we're a nonprofit. We serve both Clear Creek and Friendswood ISD. Um, We serve, support, and inspire students and adults to build a healthier community for all. That's um, we do that through a myriad of ways, but addressing substance abuse uh, prevention, behavioral health promotion. Yesterday or Saturday was um, World Mental Health Awareness Day. You know, so we focus on a lot of those things that are impacting our kids. and um, yeah, we've been around for about eighteen years now. Eighteen years. Yes, I've been here eleven of those, but yeah. It's uh, well, you were in. You're actually in Clear Creek ISD at yeah. the time when it started up. Then, right? Um, that was yeah. I, I am. I know. It's they hired me uh, from high school, so it was great. I was mm. an intern, turned into executive director, but. Um, just kidding. Uh, no, it's, see, and it's, I'm being quiet again because <laughs> right. I know about it. I'm still. Um, see all the gray. I think you know. Uh, yeah, oh, we went there. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is this is going to be a fun. This is going to be a fun show. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we do want to jump into it, and it is. It's a wonderful organization. You do amazing things. If you're not. Uh, aware if the the name didn't just instantly ring a bell to you, uh, this is the organization that is responsible for the Dancing with the Stars events that have become so popular and so well attended here. But one of the the, the great things that you guys do for the community is this uh, medication take back day. Uh, I know historically you normally do two a year. Uh, I know because in working them, there's one that I'm really, really cold and I'm really grouchy when I'm cold. So sitting out there, that I always know that there's two a year because there's one I have a great time and there's one I just complain the whole time. But uh, you have one coming up. I wonder if you can kind of share with the people that are watching and listening a little bit about the event and how they can participate. Sure. Um, so the National Medication Take Back Day is on uh, Saturday, October 23rd. Uh, it's a joint partnership with the Drug Enforcement Administration and local law enforcement. Due to COVID, we used to have about eight sites, but due to COVID, um, we have um, the DEA is sort of cut down on the number of sites. And so um, our two sites will be at Hope Lutheran Church, and that's in partnership with Friendswood uh, Police Department. And the other one is at Harris County Constable Precinct 8 um, at their office there on Diana and Clear Lake. Um, they're both regular sites for us for sure. Um, but it's simple. You just drive through. You bring your old expired medications, um, and someone will meet you at your car. Uh, they'll take those medications. We have a survey that we do. It's just five questions, and now it's electronic. So there's no paper. There's you know, It decreases that interaction, and um, you can go on with your day. And it's going to be from uh, 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. at both those locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for folks that may not understand this, so they hear Medicaid, Bay Area, you know, medication take back day. What all are you asking folks to bring? Uh, so we take everything except for sharps. So um, needles are not something that the DEA is equipped to um, take, but liquids, solids. Um, so it could be anything from over-the-counter uh, medications to prescriptions, dog meds. Um, you know, my grandmother lived with me uh, while she was on hospice until she died. And when she left, there was this like tons of medication and I didn't know what to do with it but what I learned is that the the physician once they go on hospice like prescribes all of these things so you're not having to wait on a doctor to call a prescription and um so the medication take take back worked great for me because I was able to take all of those things at the time like I think I had two boxes of fentanyl patches 
And that was before fentanyl was a big buzzword, right? right? Um, and so it was great to be able to dispose of it properly and not have to worry. Well, and that's the key is is to, to dispose of it properly because, you know, the, the, the idea is to keep this out of the hands of kids. Uh, if you have a bunch of, you know, expired or, or no longer needed medication, you don't want the kids getting into it. You really don't want to throw it in the trash because people go through trash uh, for that very reason. And you also don't want to flush it down the toilet because it can contaminate the water supply. Right. But um, I, I do want to say, because I've worked quite a few of these in Kima uh, back when we were doing them before the, the 146 project. And what she said was spot on. I know I've told you the story. I told you when it happened. But uh, we, we were out there one, one year and uh, a lady had pulled up. And she had a box, and the box probably had four, you know, Walmart-type plastic bags, just full, absolutely full. And so I went, and I took the box, and she signed the form, and she left, and we kind of put it in there. And about, oh, maybe 20 minutes later, the car came back, and there were probably four or five more bags. And I thought, wow, that's okay. And so I went, and I grabbed those bags. She didn't need to do a survey again. She moved on. And I'd kind of mentioned, I think it was Wayne Lockett and Chris Reed and I were out there. And I, I made mention about how many. And about 20 minutes later, she came back again. And she had, you know, two or three more bags. And I said, you know, and I asked her if she was doing like a, a community collection. Were you kind of collecting from, from your neighborhood? And she started to cry. And uh, she didn't even look over. She just started to cry. And she said that it was her daughter had died about a year and a half prior. And this was not an old woman. So her daughter, you know, I would imagine was probably in her 20s or 30s. And that she had had this medication just sitting in the room where she and she didn't know what to do with it for all this time. And she was so thankful that she was able to kind of that was a step for her. You could tell. I mean, this was a moment for her that she was able to get past that. And it's and you kind of you kind of realize the impact something like this has. And and it's uh, she was so grateful for the opportunity because it was just one more thing that she could kind of take care of and not have to to worry about for sure and has got a memory lapse because i was actually there that oh you were day. Mm-hmm. so she was there so, too um you forgot that piece of the puzzle no i remember i remember so distinctly that oh yeah that was her um really impactful gosh and she was so thankful to have mm-hmm. this opportunity um so, yeah, there are lots of stories like that of people who don't know what to do with all this medication that's, you know, built up in their medicine cabinets. Uh, because it is a dangerous and, you know, and we're not just talking about stuff like, you know, pain meds or, like you said, fentanyl patches or anything like that. We're talking even blood pressure meds, stuff like that, that if a child got their hands on it and took it could have really extreme effects on them. Because they're not for their physiology and, and everything else. It's, there's some real dangers lurking in anyone's medicine cabinet right now. Well, and I think people even, uh, I think kids especially, they underestimate, you know, Tylenol. Well, uh, if you take too many Tylenol, then it leads to liver toxicity. Mm-hmm. And so it can cause major, major problems. And unfortunately um it is something that is being seen more and more where we have young people who just are not able to deal with the stresses of life and that's eventually where they turn is to that medicine cabinet and maybe there's no hydrocodone in there but like you said maybe it's blood pressure medicine or something else and um if it's not intended for them it can have catastrophic effects yeah 
And you you said at the beginning, no sharps. That means no needles, no to right. the uh, or um, um, diabetes checks yes. or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything else is 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 taken there. What is the effort though that goes because we have this medicine take back day, medication take back day uh, that goes on? But what are the efforts that kind of go along to kind of encourage this throughout the year? Because there have been a one time, you know, some efforts to make sure there was drop off points. Absolutely. Uh, as much as possible. So we we call it Project RX. It's an overarching sort of project that includes all of the things um, that we're doing to try to combat um, prescription drug misuse and abuse. So it includes the take backs. It includes, uh, we have two permanent drop boxes, one in the city of Nassau Bay and one in Webster. Um, so those are open when the PDs are open. You can go again, um, no sharps, but they also cannot take liquids, um, in those drop boxes. Um, and then we do a lot of education. Um, I do a presentation called Drug Trends. So we talk a lot about um, uh, hydrocodone. We talk about um, stimulants like Adderall. We talk about things like the Benadryl challenge, where the kids were challenging each other to take as many Benadryl as possible. Yeah. Uh, that was thanks to COVID. Uh, but I mean, we had a young person in, in Oklahoma, she died from it. Because I think, again, you know, they think, oh, it's over-the-counter Benadryl. I mean, they're usually that bright, hot pink. So um, it's, I've, in fact, the Walgreens at home where I'm from, where my parents live, for a while, they had a sign at the cash register that said, you know, you had to be ID'd to buy Benadryl. Which not used to, but yeah, it is the pink color. Yes. It looks almost like a little Flintstone tablet, you know, the vitamins used yes. to take. And you brought up a good point, too, about it became a challenge because of, of COVID. There was, you know, the efforts. I mean, one of the things that we talked about before coming on the air is, you know, almost 30,000 pounds of medications have been taken back in the last 10 years through just this effort. Twice a year. Uh, twice a year. So let's just talk about that. Yeah, that is, that's tremendous to begin with. But let's let's talk a little bit about because of the COVID effects, because we were seeing fewer medical calls, fewer deaths, fewer serious injury or, or illness from over-the-counter medicines, or not over-the-counter medicines, but you know prescription mm-hmm. meds that we're getting in the hands of kids. What are we seeing because of COVID coming in where everyone was stuck at home mm-hmm. during that time and if this event was canceled, people not going out? Has there been any kind of feedback? I know the data is probably not compiled yet, but I'm sure there's this kind of anecdotal that's been going on right now. So anecdotally, I can say that there definitely have been some young people either hospitalized or who actually um, overdosed and died um, as a result of um, misusing prescription drugs. And um, it's just heartbreaking. Um, I did an interview um, several years ago with ABC 13 and um, this, it was I, it was me and this dad, and his son had just taken on a dare, and this was before TikTok, so he'd taken on this dare to drink a fentanyl patch at Taco Bell. He came home and he never woke up, and so I think that that's the power. That was just you know his buddies doing that, but when you add things like TikTok and social media and the pressures to be funny or to make a better video or, you know, and when you start adding things in like substances, misusing them, um, I think that 
it's a huge problem. It's a it's a peer pressure thing on lack oh, yeah. of a better term steroids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. We know those incidents that happen because of peer pressure, but now, you know, as the envelope gets pushed on these wild and you know challenges and the like out there, uh, you know, what what started off as maybe something innocent like the mm-hmm. you know fundraiser like the ice buck right. bucket challenge. Mm-hmm. Or, the, on TikTok, the most popular one, I guess, the guy drinking orange soda while skateboarding and lip singing a Fleetwood Mac song. But now it goes to these weird extremes mm-hmm. out there. And for whatever reason, folks, these youngsters particularly, just feel they have to top each other on that. And what's being done within the Alliance and like organizations across the nation to deal with that? Because that's a, while not new, new, it is somewhat new in how this challenge used to be. It was like, you know, the, as I always said, the, the days of Nancy Reagan say no to drugs, uh, it, we're way beyond that now because there's so many more avenues where the influence is there. What's being done locally and nationally to kind of combat this right now? Well, I can speak to the Alliance. Um, you know, we are a big component of what we do is educating parents because I think that too often I hear parents say well Johnny said da 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 and if we're depending on our kids to educate us instead of the other way around then we're out of that balance of power and so we talk about things we talk about social media we we have a presentation that's geared directly toward the parents of elementary school students because it's something that they need to start looking at and thinking about you know when does your child need a cell phone and how to weigh kind of the pros and cons of that and we talk about some of the apps that are dangerous we talk about social media like tiktok and um even instagram and snapchat and the things that you know are really um impacting and influencing kids of school age kids um, but we also work in the schools. We have um, a program called SALSA. It's Student Adult Leadership Service Alliance. So we partner community adults with young people, and then they make an impact in their community. And I think that that is providing a counterbalance. So there's research that shows that um, there are these what they call um, – protective factors and there are 40 of these sort of developmental assets and the more a kid has the more likely they are to be successful and to not fall prey to some of the risks out there and having three or more non-family adults involved in their life is one of them well that's such a simple thing right so something like salsa allows them to meet all of these community adults who care about them who you know want to hear about what they want to do in the future and um so i think that we do that kind of thing we have a curriculum that we do on campuses that talks about um building those things in themselves like who they are what are their goals and let's focus on the positive and figure out how to help you get there and then maybe we talk about some of the things that could get in your way of that um but i think that that's that's huge for kids uh, also, too, we should point out we've got uh, on the 23rd at Friendswood PD, uh, Friendswood PD's event is at Hope Lutheran Church yes. mm-hmm. in Friendswood. And then the uh, the co- precinct constable, precinct date, uh, Harris County will be doing it at the Harris County Annex mm-hmm. in the Clear Lake area. But also, we don't want to miss out that n- later on, November the 13th, League City is going to have theirs, correct? Yes. Normally, it would be at the same time, but League City's decided to do theirs in, in November. Right. 
Um, and same process, simple, easy, drive through, no questions. Um, and you know, if you, neither of those dates work for you, we have also in our office uh, these things called medication disposal pouches. Um, it is a patent pending technology. Uh, it's a pouch. You fill it up halfway with water. You put your meds in there. It'll tell you exactly how many. Um, pills or how many ounces of liquid it can do and you squish it up and it neutralizes and so it can go into the garbage so it's not getting in the into the water stream but it's also um nobody can pick through it and you know it's a big soupy mess and do those those cost anything no for they are free absolutely free so um anybody could call our office or reach out to us we'd be happy to to provide those and we should probably point out that you can find uh, the Alliance online at thealliancebayarea.org. Um, and I, I want to just speak one more th- to, to the, the education. Uh, you probably should maybe share with people about the monthly meetings and lunches that you hold because uh, having attended quite a few of those, I've, I've seen several. I've seen the social media presentation. Uh, there was, there's so much in that world I don't, right. I don't get. I learned so much. But the one that always kind of stuck out for me, was you had like a, a mock-up set of like a kid's bedroom and it just looked like a normal kid's bedroom but there were numerous little stashes of places where drugs could be hit things you wouldn't look at you right. wouldn't even think of like a, a 16 ounce bottle or a 20 ounce bottle of coke that looked like it was full you could unscrew the bottom of it and it wasn't full and that's just and, and and so that's one of the things that I think that that parents uh, and other just you know community leaders that would like to get involved and share the information attending those meetings you learn so much about what's actually really going on. Yes, yeah, so we have two community coalitions: one that serves Clear Creek ISD and one that serves Friendswood ISD. The Clear Creek um, coalition is uh, what kind of started the alliance, so it's been around for a long time. Uh, we meet on the fourth Thursday of the month every month except for december um and we meet at the webster civic center it's 11 30 12 30 we keep it to an hour we provide lunch um so it's an easy uh in out and then in friendswood we meet on the third thursday of every month and we meet at the friendswood isd annex um so it's uh, a great way to find out more about how you can get involved we have so many programs that we didn't cover but you know um needing and volunteers who are interested in serving whether it's in salsa or helping the alliance or um any of the other projects that we're doing and yes our teenage bedroom setup we take it on the road i even took it to denton over the summer really? um, mm-hmm. and so i think you know it's it's great to hear things but to process to be able to walk through and and touch things and see mm-hmm. things for yourself you're right it just makes a little bit more of a difference. It really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how much of a response now? Are, are do you find parents are more responsive now to things than say when you started off? You said eleven years ago, mm-hmm. and compare it to now. I would say um, I don't think that that's changed so much. I think the same parents who have always sort of been involved in wanting to protect their children that has continued i think then you also have this subset of parents who are for whatever reason maybe they're working three jobs and so they just don't have that time to um be able to focus their energy on on that kind of thing but we also have if like we talk about e-cigarettes a lot 
And principals still say 50% of the e-cigarettes that they are actually taking away from students on campus, mom and dad bought. Right. So <laughs> we can't just focus on, um, you know. Yeah, I was going to get to that, too, because there, there is, if you go to the, uh, and we put up the website, the alliancebayarea.org, um, you will see a vaping section by itself. It used to be everyone talked about uh, marijuana was the gateway drug. Really, for more and more we're hearing is vaping and e-cigarettes are actually the gateway to things now. And it's killer because we had all but eradicated youth combustible cigarette use until, mm. you know, these little this little bitty company called Juul, who at their peak was worth more than SpaceX and Airbnb combined. Right. So it tells you where the, the motivation is. Um and you know the fda cracks down on this and they come up with a way around it and the fda cracks down on this and they wait, mm-hmm. find a way around it and you know they change the age to 21 so you have to be 21 to buy possess smoke um any kind of tobacco products but we already have this generation of kids who are addicted to nicotine which the american heart association says is as addictive as heroin so we have a generation of kids who are addicted to something at 16 years old that's that's crazy and with flavors like you know cotton candy and banana split and you know it's yeah i think i think it's got to be admitted by folks that as much as they want to deny it and everything else these are marketed a certain way for a certain reason Oh, like sure. you said, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and that's how it's handled there. Uh, in addition to needing volunteers uh, and the like, uh, one of the things we should point out is you can always donate to the Alliance as well. Uh, you see it right there on your screen. There's an actual, it's real easy. You just go to the, uh, to the Alliance's webpage, uh, the AllianceBayArea.org, and then right there is a click the button that says donate. And you we try to make, make it donation. easy, right? Yeah. yeah, make it easy. Make it easy to give money. That's the way we always Absolutely. should be doing it. In. And I just wanted to clarify something on the vaping and e-cigarettes. Like, we don't take a stance on what adults do. Right. Because it's legal. It's, you know, they're adults. They can make decisions. Our whole focus is on helping kids make good choices. Uh, we know their brains aren't fully developed until they're 25. But really, we don't want one of these things to keep them from reaching their goals. Amanda, thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Again, uh, Medication Take Back Day is uh, October the 23rd, uh, starting up at 10 a.m. Uh, two locations, uh, one in Friendswood at uh, Hope Lutheran Church. That's the Friendswood PD manning that one. That's at 1804 South Friendswood Drive in Friendswood. And then uh, over in the Clear Lake area, Harris County Pre- Constable Precinct 8. They're at the Bay Area Annex. Uh, 16602 Diana Lane uh, in the Clear Lake area. Mm-hmm. Doug's going to come and provide coffee and donuts for everybody. Is that what so. I'm doing? Mm-hmm. I've been, I've been voluntold. Yeah. I got it. I do so much. I have bartended for you. I have danced for you. I have emceed for you. I, have done, I do this so much. This, none of that sounds very good and no, without really. a context. <laughs> I know. Right, right, right. I've bartended for you. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay, let's, let's, let's clarify. Yeah, particularly since we're talking about this, it's a fundraiser. Yes. As a fundraiser. Yeah. All of my tips. No, there too. were no minors. There yeah. were no minors. Yeah. Making sure. And yeah. I was an awful bartender. Yeah, that's but, it. Uh, so, but that's were it. you a better bartender than you were a dancer? It's about the same. <laughs> about the same. And we're looking forward to speaking of dancing. I mean, this is our third show. We've already talked about Dancing with the Stars 
on yeah, two well, of the episodes. We had one dancer, and now the person that came up with the idea. Yeah, and so, the mistress of ceremonies. That's yeah. right. That's with right. us as well, and uh, looking forward to next year's as well. Yeah, yeah you'll be guys. you'll be back to talk about that when oh, we start getting a little yeah. bit closer. Yeah. I'm already excited. Yeah, yeah there you no, go. we've already got. We're going to have a lot of fun with that and uh, bring him back as his expert expertise along the way. Uh, I learned so much. <laughs> I learned so much. I mean, again, folks, uh, make it out there. October the 23rd starts at 10 a.m., goes to about 2 p.m. at those two locations. And then November the 13th, it'll happen in League City. Uh, you can get the information clicking on. If you're watching this, you can click on to it. But we also have the, the link available on the podcast as well for you to find out. Amanda, thanks again for coming on with us. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And uh, make sure you join us uh, next week. We're going to have uh, Barbara Kutzinger. Barbara, yeah. Uh, is going to be on from Bay Area Houston Economic Partnership talking about she, we were reading over a newsletter the other day of a bunch of cool stuff happening mm-hmm. economic development wise that are going to be out there yeah so. and I think after that one I think we're going to get Archie Patterson and who owns Toucan Alley and he's opening up something really cool just down the road for families outdoor movie theater it's just it's a really cool thing he's doing for families particularly we got fall coming in now just to yeah. kind of enjoy ourselves right yep. and, and do that uh speaking of fall and enjoying yourselves uh, a lot of communities Kima does it with the police department nassau bay does it the trunk or treat mm-hmm. which uh, i find those a lot more enjoyable than than the kids coming to your house randomly um, <laughs> just yeah. yeah, I don't. I, we'll get into that debate next week in there. So, yeah. uh, thanks for. I'm TJ Alts. I'm Doug Meisinger, and this has been Draft Forty Five.